Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello. 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 My goodness. What a difference a week makes, huh? How's your rain gauge doing? Well, the good news is, in many places, we are seeing quite a stockpile heading into fall. Other places, we don't need quite as much rain as we've gotten. And some of the rest of us, including at my place, um, well, there's been just about enough to get everything well watered, um, start the lawn growing super crazy, shouldn't be doing that at late summer, but there it is, and of course, making it possible to plant the rest of the onions, the radishes, the beets, the, all of these things, everything that, that uh, I'm, I'm happy to put in because they're all the fall things that I like so much. What are you doing? What are you planting? Talk to me. 888 808 is the Super Talk call line. The person you're talking to, of course, is Garden Mama. That's me, otherwise known as Nellie Neal, and a few other names that we can't repeat on the radio. Of course, the C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. We encourage you, that it would be Daniel who's across the glass from me today, we, we encourage you to amuse us with your texts, but but. Try to keep them clean so we can repeat those on the radio as well. Sometimes you all are a little bit dodgy on me, but okay, we can make it. We can make it. All right. Greg's already weighing in today from Nettleton. Welcome in. That's uh, a good place to be today. Soaking wet, muggy, muggy. Yeah. Now, the good news is that, too, will relent in a few more days. You know, that when I first arrived in Mississippi a hundred years ago, I was real surprised that people set their weather basically by the state fair. That if the weather was not already cool, and it usually was not, that it would cool off during the state fair. I thought, that can't be right. Well, it turns out it pretty much is. So, <laughs> for the folks that pay attention to these things, every area has its its icons, you know, its its landmarks, its times of passage and point. For example, in springtime, some places watch for the pecan to leaf out as the sign that things are not going to freeze again. Other places, it's the black gum that is the tree that, that we watch for. So everybody's got things that they look for. I'm, uh, I'm looking for the morning that I wake up and the air conditioner is not running. And when that's the case, I'm always a little bit happier. I re- Speaking of air conditioners, good heavens, you people are freezing out there. I was wake, awakened this morning by posts after I had looked in to see what the news was about a little bit, but then I turned around and got coffee, and there was Facebook all lit up with people concerned about how how you're running your thermostats. They're all running them a lot colder than I do, <laughs> day and night. I had no idea. 
I don't know if I can go to those folks' houses. My goodness, how do you pay for that? Anyway, those are all questions for us here. A lot of news in the green world today. Some things that we want to know, and, and I always feel like that's the good, good news that we need to uh, to, to work on. Um, turns out that we've had a sweet tooth for a very long time as mammals. It also turns out that uh, the clear personality differences between cats are actually all playing themselves out at my house. I'm fostering um, three cats this week, and uh, they are, well, they're just about as different as you can possibly be, but I'm happy to say that the research proves it out, and it's not just me. Another piece of good news for you, there is a, a, a probiotic that includes yogurt that is said to have Really good effects for those folks who have a rough time taking antibiotics because of its effect on their gastrointestinal system. So that's something you might want to hang out and hear about. And perhaps uh, top of the news, well, maybe that's a little bit overstated, but this is a shout-out. Gary Bachman, how goes it? If you did not happen to run into Gary's work um, this last couple of weeks where he was out with the UV looking at hornworms on tomato plants, and yes, they do glow in the dark. <laughs> now, we're not, they're not the only ones. Um, the latest work from the University of Georgia is about the gophers, because yes, the gophers actually do also have this opportunity to glow in the dark. But some of these things, it's, I was amazed that there's different colors. Okay, that was what fascinated me by this. I'm not surprised that they glow, but I I like the idea of purple or orange and different colors. I presume we can do some holiday fun, you know, with them along the way. But what about pink, huh? We know about birds and salamanders and some of those glowy pink things. Um, scorpions, of course, in the orange realm. But if you've got the UV light, what are you out there looking at and why? And in the case of the folks from the University of Georgia publishing in the American Midland Naturalist, this is the first time that biofluorescence has been noted on pocket gophers. Now, that's because you have to really want to study pocket gophers to go out there with the UV light and look at them at night because they live underground, they live in sandy soil, and they're not particularly friendly. So this is, the you know, the people that research them have a very specific, um, very specific way of looking at them and dealing with them. And hopefully the, the really super-duper skill that they have now is the colored glow that they emit. Now, what is all this about? Well, of course... The idea is that creatures see each other in ways that we don't see them. We understand that. If you've ever looked at those wonderful panels of how a hum, how, how a, a hummingbird or, or how a bumblebee actually sees things, you, re- you recognize that eyesight is not something that we all share. But in this case, this is, these are animals that are busier at night. And they've got to have some way not only to communicate with one another, but to show themselves and also to hide themselves. So... Gophers and their biofluorescence we can now add to the hornworms and our other friends. I uh, I don't know. I, I predict UV flashlights at the Dollar Tree by Christmas. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> it could be fun. Do you all remember the year that suddenly everybody had a laser pointer and you drove every pet that you had to the verge of insanity with those things? Oh, my goodness. I'm glad we're not so much on that at this particular point. But in the city, 
uh, we mammals do have different panel, different perspectives, I should say. The University of Utah is letting us know that there's actually an association. Now, we, you've been looking at places where people have not been for a while, and they go back and it's full of bears, or they're, they're the urban areas that have been pretty much emptied as people began to work and go to school from home have certainly seen a proliferation of well, shall we say rodents and things like that. So those are those are things we would expect. But city dwellers that look up and see a deer walking through the yard are usually pretty surprised. I know I was. Um, and I've seen plenty of deer in my life, but it was just a surprise to, for the poor deer to be stuck there. Um, however, urban ecologists are now showing us through trend lines, basically, that income and biodiversity are kind of related. That is to say that um, when there's more biodiversity, a, a greater amount of landscaping, different plants, a more a more affluent garden, not necessarily a more affluent neighborhood, but a more affluent garden in that way, um, puts the large mam- mammals a different way to look at things. And urban intensity, of course, the number of people that are there obviously affects everything. I'm I'm kind of curious to know. There there was a song um, that I'm too young to actually have ever sung myself but it was a I believe a World War One song how you're going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen Paris in other words after you've gone to Paris let's just say that the back 40 may not look as enticing <laughs> if it ever you know that you, you may have been thinking about doing something else you may have gotten your horizons expanded a little bit you may want to grow wine on that back 40. Who knows? But but when you've seen Paris, you kind of have to have to adjust to that. And I'm wondering how we're going to get the bears to go back to the woods. Um, you know, there are places where, in, in, in tropical climates particularly, where animals have taken over dwelling areas, people where, places where people live, in, in houses. But because, for example, monkeys are so clever at unlocking doors, they just come in. And you, the, it's a very something very unusual to put up with. I'm not looking for that Airbnb myself, but there are people who go there just like they go to the island off of Japan because it's all cats, and you go there to visit them. I don't need to go there. I have I know plenty of cats, but there's always something. There's always a, a gathering place, um, and, and it's interesting really to see how those things turn out when we start looking at the trends. But how are you going to get those bears back out in the woods, you know, after they've seen? I don't know, Stanford, I mean, wherever they, wherever they are. After <laughs> they've been one place, it's hard to get them to go somewhere else. Oh, dear. You're not going to like this, but I have to tell you about it because it is news, it is important, and we recognize the need for more protein sources for human beings. I, I would even like to say for most mammals, but the uh, University of Helsinki and Lute University in Finland are really trying hard. They're projecting with models and with they're taking two approaches we're trying to and they are trying to reduce the amount of farmed area because of the carbon footprint of all of that and they're also trying to increase the intensity of protein because people need not to starve to death okay these are all these are all pretty exciting things but the the this particular bunch of results yes that's right insect protein use and soybean protein use in the production of broiler chickens. Okay, so what does everything eat and what are you ultimately eating? Because you are what you eat, ultimately. We all, I mean, that's in fact turned out to be true. It's also true, um, we're now looking at 
some new bits of information coming to us to, to explain it's really not how much you eat versus the number of calories you burn with exercise for everybody. It works for some people. But for the people that it doesn't work for, there's actually another model. It has to do, of course, with what you're eating. Y'all have heard me talk about that for a long time. Um, any rate, the, the whole business about insect protein reducing the carbon footprint goes directly to what is the quality of the broiler chicken after you get it fed this uh, this way. Turns out it's pretty good. They're, they're, they do indeed suggest that it's more sustainable to use insect protein and rather than to use it to replace soybean meal. In other words, to just go the whole other direction. So they did find that some of the problems with other things you might want to do use from this, fish products and stuff like that, don't really have as good a result as this particular bunch of stuff that they started out, basically insects. So I'm I'm fascinated by that. I'm, you know, I've always been one to try almost anything to eat once. So I have eaten chocolate-covered ants. I have eaten cricket meal. And one of these days, that flour is going to be in your pantry, and you're not even going to (laughs) realize that it's insects. No, they don't hatch. They've been well taken care of, I promise. 888-808-8637 is the Super Talk call line. The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. I have been having a wonderful time um, in between the, the rain showers this week. Going out, picking things up, cleaning up, and and really pretending like uh, the weather has cooled off already. Now that came to a screeching halt yesterday because it got too hot. But there there's been an awful lot of decent weather in parts of our world here in the southeast to think about doing some fall things. And one of those, of course, is the fall flower and garden fest. I want to get this word out to you today when I have the full formal locked in you know locked in the book schedule I will I will publish that but what they're doing is doing programs and tours of the station all of these are happening the week of October 7th and I will be there October 7th on Thursday but the, the programs go on all that whole week from nine in the morning until about noon the idea of here is to have make plenty of opportunities for people to come and visit see the gardens come to some talks but not to have the crowds that we are accustomed to there and Obviously, um, things will be a little different because there's no vendors this time. But that's the way we have to adapt. We have to we have to do things like we need to do and make them work. It's still a big fall event, and of course, um, it's a newsletter big event too because that's the where my newsletter first began. Its second lifetime was <laughs> at a few years ago. So here's what I'm doing. If you want to subscribe to the newsletter now, all right, and you want to pay me the whole year. You can do that anytime between now and November 1st, whether you're a subscriber now from any date or whether you're, because a lot of people do renew at the point of the workshop. But, doesn't matter if you're a new subscriber, if you're an old subscriber. If you subscribe between now and, and you know drop your money into me between now and November 1st, you will get 
many, many free issues because I'm not going to start the clock again until January the 1st. I've got enough subscribers now that having several different dates during the year to subscribe doesn't make any sense. So I'm pushing it into a January renewal, and y'all come on through and we'll do it. And it it applies to new subscribers, too, as long as you get in touch with me, mamaonair at yahoo.com. Get in touch with me before November 1st. You can do that. Okay? Okay. I will miss seeing the pink muley grass um, at Crystal Springs. It, 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 I love seeing that. Actually, what I like is seeing other people's reactions to it. So I did print a picture of that in uh, the newsletter this week from another year there. I always love going there because they grow the best muley grass of any place I've ever seen. It, it's what everybody else aspires to. It's a beautiful plant. If you have ever heard it called cotton candy grass, you're not alone. It's very pink, and it blows up. You know, It's just lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely at this time of the year. I have been uh, fighting the gripe weed, and I'm about to pull out, uh, I think I'm going to have to pull out the torch. I think that this is going to be, because it's been so, literally you can see where the bed ends, because there's no gripe weed in there, because I do use a pre-emerge product made by preen which is an organic sustainable source okay i do that but at the edge of the bed where there isn't any soil it's just the little space between there and the driveway oh my goodness the whole thing is nothing but gripe weed so i have i have weed eated it once and it's still coming back up so i've got to get out there i think i think i'm going to try torching it this time let me know if you have other suggestions for the physical removal of our not-so-good friend. (laughs) Really really and truly, plants get their names because of a lot of reasons. You can believe you me that gripe weed got its name because plenty of people did, in fact, carry on about it, shall we say. Got bird news today. Got fiber news. And yeah, don't forget, where was the first cavity? And was there a dentist? And how did it get to be there? Hmm. What are you planting? What are you growing? Let's talk about it. This is Weekend Gardening. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. How can propane gas enhance your outdoor experience this season? When it comes to outdoor grilling, there is no better source than propane. But have you thought about a beautiful outdoor fireplace and lighting fuel by propane as well? The perfect setting. Worry-free grilling with propane. A golden propane fire to sit by. And soothing propane lights burning in the background. Impress yourself, friends, and family with propane. Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. 
Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Marcus by Goldman Sachs offers personal loans with no fees, ever. Banks offer coffee. So what's more important, a Marcus by Goldman Sachs loan with no fees that could help consolidate debt or bank coffee that tastes like bank coffee? You can money. Visit Marcus.com to learn more about saving, borrowing, and investing from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Investing involves risk and investments may lose value. Brokerage and investment advisory services by Goldman Sachs & Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Lending and deposits products provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. For the highest quality comprehensive eye care for your entire family, you need to visit Optical 2000, Dr. Bobby C. Panky & Associates in Clinton, Richland, and Flora. All three locations offer eye health and eye care examinations, as well as treatment for eye disease. And we have a wide array of the latest frames and sunglasses from your favorite designers. Most major insurance accepted. Click to call a clinic near you at optical-2000.com. Optical 2000, Dr. Bobby C. Panky & Associates in Clinton, Richland, and open Wednesdays in Flora. Engagements offer the promise of eternal love. Confirm that inspiration with a stunning diamond from All Britons. Every stone is carefully selected for its color, cut, and clarity. From classic solitaires to multiple stone selections, All Britons offers the latest designs celebrated for splendor and value. All Britons, four generations strong and still Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Five-pound large Gulf Shrimp Special, $29.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. into weekend gardening it seems like it's been a long long time since it was cool weather fall tree planting time all of those things that we all look forward to my grandmother used to really look forward to fall she wanted everybody to get married in the fall because she liked the fall colors better than the spring colors but she said because it's such a relief fall brings you know you you can think about 
having people over for you know having the family in for thanksgiving or having people over for halloween or any of that kind of stuff she said but it's all a lot easier to do than when it's so hot in the summertime she had a point she had a good point about that um i do think there's some things we can do now to get ready for that cooler time and for example if you do intend to move trees anywhere from one part of your property to another or from someone else's house to yours or from the woods to to the landscape, all of those sorts of things. This is the time to go out and prepare the soil in the new site, but it's also the point to go and prepare the tree for being dug up. Um, I really don't recommend digging up trees that are much larger around than your wrist for example um, because that can you might need a you, you may need a tool to get up that much root material and it's hard to deal with anything that's taller than you are so consider the size of the tree that you want to transplant but right now go out take a look at it and take a sharp shovel and go around the tree in the area that you expect to be able to dig up later just sharply dig into the soil straight down and come up and dig around and come up and dig around and come all the way around the plant. What that's going to do is begin to turn some of those roots towards the inside of the root ball that you're going to be lifting up. You know, roots branch and grow oftentimes in response to stress, just like so many other things. And in this case, you do need to understand that that, the tree roots that you're yanking out of the ground (laughs) need some assistance. So that's the first thing. The second thing is going to be to get yourself a bottle of root stimulator fertilizer or a bottle of my preference, which would be a compost tea, because you want to be able to water the plant that you've just transplanted, the tree that you've just transplanted, with something that's going to favor its root growth. There's also um, good old-fashioned agroform tablets that you'll find often at co-ops, sometimes at garden centers. They're, um, th- they look like the, the largest um, Alka-Seltzer you've ever seen, you know, because they're like two inches across and thick. But what they're just a powdery-looking tablet. And you put them, when you plant, you dig the hole deeper than you expect to need, put that down in there, and then add some soil in before you put in the tree. That gives you an opportunity to install a fertilizer reservoir below the tree so when the roots get there, there's some opportunity for them to take up more. And plus, as that tablet degrades in the soil, it, it will provide nutrients to some of the other microbiota that are there, depending on what kind of which product you get. Oh, um, by the way, those melon podium that you just trimmed back, those little, you know, those the, they're, they're brown beddies, there's all kind of names for that flower. But it's a beautiful annual flower for the heat. However, the wet weather has really made some of them look pretty sad, and they begin to get gray stems and all that. So you just cut them off, either string trimmer if it's a big enough bed of them, or just use a hedge clipper or some, or some shears. And they're probably not going to do too much. Um, in, in between now, they'll, they'll bloom a little bit, and, and you might want to leave one or two. But if you've got a big planting of that melon podium, this is really the time to get them out of there, do some work, get the soil prepared, because guess what? In a few weeks, it's going to be time for pansies. That's right. <laughs> that is absolutely right. Ken's, uh, Ken's weighing in there. Ken's got, uh, I love that there's a question coming. It will be, it will be along in a little bit. Let's see. Um, I'm going to guess that Stir It Up is the song that Greg is referring to. I I like that song, too. I I have 
I was a reggae fan before I knew what reggae was, and part of the reason is because Stir It Up was such a part of my early pop song world. And yes, I don't mind saying pop. I'm, I'm a rock and roller myself, but... Um, Oh, that reminds me. I don't know if I'm going to. Um, I don't. I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't do promotions. Okay, but that much for for bands and stuff. But I saw an interview, <laughs> and I've never heard the expression "family friendly rock and roll show" <laughs> until this one. <laughs> but they're going to be in Brandon. So. Y'all, let me know how that goes. Santana's going to be in Brandon too. But a lot, a lot of, lot of groups are coming to to, to the Brandon um, area. <laughs> it's just funny. A family-friendly rock and roll show. Hmm. I've been to some of those. I've just never heard them described that way. Yes. Yeah, I have never heard of that either. Yes, it's uh, loud, but apparently, you not cursing is. I, I think I got this is the impression I got. But there's a lot of loud music. It's, anyway, just funny. Oh, have you planted your garlic yet? I hope so. This is the time to do that. And if you have not planted your garlic yet, you have time. The biggest question that comes up is, what do you plant? And no, you don't plant that whole head that you bought in the grocery store. You peel it apart. You take it apart. And you do not peel the individual cloves, but you do separate them from the big clump. And you plant those individuals pointy end up, just like most every bulb that you ever want to plant, you're going to plant pointy end up. I want to be sure that you know not to bury these too deeply, and you can plant them more closely than you would think if you're not trying to make gigantic garlics. If you're just trying to make some small garlic heads and see how it grows, you can put them four inches apart. But if you want to produce garlic, you better go ahead, especially if you're growing something like elephant garlic, where the, the clove is as big around as your thumb. You need to put them about eight inches apart. Um, I have I have two sets of garlic in my garden, one that's big and one that's small. But I really do, I actually like the greens from it, but I, I have to not, you need to leave those greens because they're nourishing the garlic cloves for next year. Be sure that you give them the opportunity to do that. Um, let's see. I'm not sure what this means, but I will. I'll read that at the break, Ken, and see if I can understand what you're asking me. Okay, triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is the number here, and of course, here is weekend gardening. The Super Talk call line is always available to you. I don't know if you have thought about planting flowers this fall, but I hope you will. Cornflowers are my all-time favorite, but poppies are best seeded in fall. Now, let me let me clarify. Not the orange poppies that you associate with California. Okay, not not the California poppies, but actual Shirley poppies and the the other poppies that make a long stem and a single flower on that stem. This is the time to do that. I want to be sure that you understand if you're working on that area that you're going to plant the seeds in here in a few weeks, you need to make sure that you're not overworking that soil, but that you are getting it so it is crumbly and level and all of that. But if it's wet, don't overwork it. If it's dry, water it before you mess with it. Both of those things are very, very important. I don't know. Answer that one from here. I don't know. It's a good question, I guess, but I don't know. Oh, 
Um, speaking of cats, I, I mentioned this before, and I, I didn't. This was something that really got my attention because I tend to think of things in social groups. Like one cat by the, by itself acts differently, in my experience, from one cat that same cat in a group of cats. And so I think that they did um, both. They, they surveyed cat owners of more, of one and then more than one, but they also did some observations themselves. So they, they were trying to figure out um, whether or not how many people live there, how many cats live there, and whether or not there was more than one person that could tell them about that particular cat. So that's how they ended up with these basic um, basic research methods. In other words, the, the mo- most fearful breed in the survey of all these cats and all their owners was actually Russian blue. And they're such beautiful cats, you wouldn't think they'd be afraid of anything. They're, they always have, um, they always seem to me to have plenty of attention, but they are shy. Um, the Abyssinian seems to be the least fearful. That means that the Abyssinian is more likely to walk up to a stranger and jump on its la- on his lap. Um, the, the Bengal cats were more active. Persian and exotics were more passive. If you've ever been around a Persian cat, you can attest to that. Mo- average on, uh, on average, adult cats sleep 18 hours a day, not all in a row necessarily, but they, they do sleep the majority of the 24. And I would swear to you that Persians beat that record most of the time. They're, they're really – but that's because they have to be groomed so much, so they know they have to just sit there. So you can brush them. Ooh, that's a lot of work. Any rate, um, the most excessive over-grooming cats were the Siamese cats, and uh, there's there's others that are lower in sociability, and even than than Siamese, who, who also are not too crazy about other cats. But it was just interesting um, how this how these things work. I'm I'm particularly fascinated because I say I'm I'm fostering three this week, and taking care of them, and they're lovely, they're sweet as they can be, but they're very different. It's just it's interesting. It's interesting stuff. If you are still having problems with sooty mold on plants or if you are having gray fungus that does not rub off, um, I can give you some more ideas about that. But the sooty mold, of course, you've just got to figure out what the bug is. Because when the when the black stuff on your plant leaves does come off on your thumb, that means that there's something, some piercing and sucking insect is trying to eat either that plant or the one above it, if it's in a flower bed. And then what they cannot digest, they excrete. So that's what falls onto the other leaves below. And then the sooty mold blows in and grows on it. Hate to tell you, the sooty mold's here all the time. Okay? So that's part of the problem. But um, one, of the, one of the issues is how do you get rid of it even before you get rid of the insects? It's usually soapy water. But you do need to address the insects. And in most cases... Those piercing and sucking insects can be handled with three sprays made eight days apart, unless, for example, it's white flies that are eating on your plant and therefore causing the sooty mold to be there, but they're actually living on a plant nearby. So, for example, if you have a hibiscus that's got sooty mold on the leaves, look around. If you if you hit the plant and the white flies fly off, they probably are going to a shrub nearby. They're probably not actually living in the hibiscus. Just just a tip. I've interviewed several white flies. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've had to deal with them too many times. Too many times.
This is also the time of year when we begin thinking about dividing perennial plants, and I don't I don't have any problem with that. I do want to encourage you to divide the whole plant, though. Most of the time, if we dig out part of it because it's crowding the plant next to it, we actually just are putting off the inevitable because the perennial itself will get too um, too crowded. Okay. Now, um, if you if you have interest in other kinds of fungus diseases, we can talk about that too. There's an awful lot of them right at the moment, that's for sure. And I know that there are people out there that are saying, oh my goodness, it's been so damp or so so rainy. Are the asters going to be able to bloom on the, the all the other fall wildflowers that are just there? Yeah, 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 they'll be fine. Now, you may see in some cases bigger flowers. You may see in some cases smaller ones. But for example, um, I saw some uh, some Boltonia that was budded up the other day, and I don't think I've ever seen flower buds that large. So we may have some more good stories about those plants as we get into the fall. I don't know how many geckos there are, but I can tell you that we have really enjoyed being able to study them. Now, why is that so fascinating? Well, obviously the adhesion and the way that they peel off of materials. If you if you get hold to those uh, marvelous revolutionary hooks that you can put on the wall that do not mar the wall, you know you can hang the picture or you can hang up something else. Those are the result of understanding Velcro in a new way. Velcro is the it came from understanding how geckos walk on walls, but we've also got a better understanding now and it's a fancier thing but but geckos um have other qualities that we might need to explore (laughs) i had no idea that geckos were so wild and crazy after about 15 years of research though we now know that they are perfectly capable this asian flat-tailed house gecko which is a beautiful thing by the way is actually able to use their tail to land on a tree trunk when they get flung there. So now we got flying geckos, but they can land. Okay, I'm I'm just saying, there's a Geico commercial in here somewhere. Stick around, this is Weekend Gardening. The Delta variant is deadly, and if we don't make changes now, we'll be forced to make cruel calculations soon. Mississippi hospitals are overburdened and struggling with capacity. More people will die because they won't have access to care. We must keep our healthcare system from being forced to choose who gets treatment and who doesn't. Please get vaccinated and follow CDC protocols such as masking indoors, even if you are fully vaccinated, and continue social distancing. Do this, and together we help ensure we're able to treat everyone who needs care. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health. If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, and even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Energy for everyone. Propane. 
Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right, right now, there's, there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pilium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pilium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Hunting season is almost here, and to help you celebrate our favorite time of the year, we've just got in a huge selection of rifles and shotguns, as well as the ammo to go with them. Our gunsmithing department is offering fast turnaround on firearms that you meant to turn in long before now. The only problem I'm having is my wife, Jane. She got mad at me because I bought a new shotgun for dove season and hadn't said a word to me in two weeks. But, you know, the more I think about it, that's not such a bad thing after all. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Yep, humans have had a sweet tooth for a very long time. We're looking into the fossil record, thanks to the folks at the University of Toronto. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
they look just about the same as they look in modern teeth in terms of the way that the whole presents itself. Um, These these have been sitting around for 54 million years, but the fossils have been known and in storage. So they thought, well, you know, these are holes that happened over time. Must have been just some kind of damage to the collection of fossils. Well, no. When the the folks, uh, the large fossilized teeth in in Wyoming's southern Bighorn Basin, they they came up in the, uh, started digging them up in the 70s, but they have just now understood that they have to look at it a little differently because the little holes in their teeth were actually cavities. Mm-hmm. That's right. The bacteria in the mouth, of course, turns food into uh, turns food with carbohydrates in it into acids, and that erodes the tooth and eventually eats away at the stuff underneath the enamel, and that's what causes a cavity. So, if you can imagine spending your time looking at the fossilized teeth of a thousand individuals, <laughs> good heavens! Oh, this is a pointy-snouted animal that's no bigger than a raccoon, part of a group of mammals that have been made um, extinct. They were known as stem primates, but they, they, they dissolved away. They, they're no longer in, in existence for us. So they <laughs> did. I love this. They actually micro-scanned and looked at all the teeth and went through great things. And yes, in fact, the consensus is that they're cavities. And guess what? They had a fruit diet, and that gave them cavities. Yep, sugar has been affecting You would think that we would have evolved away from that by now, so I could have my sugar and not have cavities. But apparently, me and, and the microseops latidans have that in common, and you, you probably do too. Speaking of fossils, though, I, I always like it when our citizen scientists and people that aren't expected to find out things and learn things do um, – I guess I should say that I'm I'm fascinated by the four folks that have been traveling around the Earth in, in a spaceship for the last three days. I look forward to hearing all of their stories. They've certainly done some great work while they've been up there. Um, that That's people that you don't expect to be doing what they're doing. And in this case, the school kids there in New Zealand um, just kept looking at this. They're reporting in the peer-reviewed Journal of Vertebrate Paleontology by Massey University researchers. Yep, 2006, these kids started looking at this. They they joined um, in on a fossil hunting field trip, and they discovered the bones of a giant fossilized penguin. Okay, well, that's to be expected, I guess. So they look around, and they, but guess what? It's not the same penguin. Longer legs, and so it has become known as the giant Waikato, as opposed to the Waikato, because it's a Waikato penguin, but it's a big one. And these kids are the ones that found it. And the kids are the ones that wanted to know more about it. Longer legs, of course, would make the penguin not only taller, but presumably able to swim better and farther, or maybe dive deeper. But those are all the things that they're trying to figure out. The fossil penguin in this case reminds folks that they share Zealandia with incredible animal lineages that reach deep into time and that allows them to help the children understand why they are so important in preserving all of this um, to encourage future generations to become the guardians or the 
Katiaki, I'm sorry, Katiaki, I know I was going to mispronounce that, um, or the guardians of the, the, the conservationists, the wildlife stewards. And that's what we all certainly can relate to that. I hope that they all have the opportunity to do a lot more with it. This was in 2006, so by now they're probably the ones studying it, wouldn't you think? Hmm, interesting stuff. Um, Lantanas, good question from Larry. They the um the question is about they've pretty much played out on their best blooms for the year. Will it hurt to go ahead and cut them back now? Not at all. There's plenty of time though before frost for them to bloom again. So I would say cut them back by about oh, you know, a third or whatever doesn't look good. Cut that part off. <laughs> it's okay. Some of mine have I have a very, very old lantana and it seldom gets to the point where it can make any seeds but it has done that this summer i cut it off in july and it's already bloomed out and and made a new set of seeds so i'm going to cut it back again i have to do that because it literally will reach out and grab you when you walk by and that's something i didn't plant the lantana i just inherited it so i can't move it either it's too big for that and too old so pretty fun um yes i would cut them back you can give them a little fertilizer if you want to, or if you don't um, want them really to bloom too much, just cut them back and leave them alone, and that's that's fine. Um, let's see. The I don't know. I, I don't know about that. Ken, you're full of interesting factoids, but I don't I don't know. I can't talk about it because I'm I'm not informed. I don't know about that. Ooh, there are. Good grief! There's so much news and so many things going on in the garden. I, I want—I don't want in case some of you have to leave at the end of this hour, and I know a few of you do. You can always, of course, come back and hear the second hour on demand, and also in the rebroadcast and in the podcast. And you know, you can have Garden Mama with you anytime and anywhere. I'm happy to say, but it's interesting enough that I wanted to be sure that you get. What I'm saying when I'm talking about you are what you eat. This is not some hippy-dippy thing, all right? The American Society for Nutrition is drawing the difference between the energy balance model, which is what basically we've all been preached to for years. You can't take in more calories than you can exercise off, you know, if you're trying to maintain a weight. Or if you're trying to lose weight, you got to exercise off more calories than you're taking in. And those can those are true things for some people, but it doesn't work for everybody. So what they're trying to do now, um, they 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 they're saying now that that energy balance model actually just says a principle of physics without actually considering what goes on in the biology. Because if you take if you put calories in and take calories out, that that's a measure of physics. But what we're talking about what you're eating, then we have a different look. In their understanding, this is the American Society for Nutrition, the current obesity epidemic is in part due to the changes that are in, caused in our hormones to give us different reactions. In other words, the food itself is part of the issue. Overeating doesn't cause obesity. The process of fat causes overeating. All right. Remember, we talked a few months ago here about the foods that are highly and overly palatable. It's the reason why you can drive down the street. And I'm not talking out of school. You've all done it, including me. Well, we've all done this. You're driving down the street, eating the French fries out of the bag. OK. And you really 
don't even notice that you've eaten all of them? Well, that's what they're talking about. So the whole notion is particularly high glycemic load foods fundamentally change your metabolism. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about eating fresh. And of course, that's all about gardening. So stick with me. We've got a long way to go. A whole lot of weekend gardening. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Speaking to all men, if you're a stickler about your ride or your car looking just right, then why don't you take better care of yourself? Man Up MD is a concierge medical clinic, tailor-made for men of all ages. We offer convenient same-day appointments with personalized primary care and treatment plans designed for you to reclaim your energy and performance. Man Up MD can have you tuned up and ready for rocking down the highway. Check us out online at menshealthms.com. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, online at baroniestreepros.com. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Mississippi's lone abortion clinic has filed its brief ahead of the Supreme Court's review of Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban. Attorney General Lynn Fitch issued the following response. For 50 years, abortion policy has been plagued by flawed legal rules that even some of the most ardent abortion supporters have refused to defend. Nothing in constitutional text, structure, history, or tradition supports a constitutional right to abortion. Nor is there a sound basis for the current viability guidepost that determines when states can enact limitations on abortion. Today's brief offers no solid arguments in defense of Roe, and the court should overturn this flawed and hopelessly unworkable precedent. It is time to return policymaking to the people, where they can address abortion policy 
in a way that empowers women and promotes life. Fitch filed her brief last month and the nation's highest court could begin its review in November. I'm Andy Davis. What's my core value? Equity. Compassion. Compassion. Determination. At AmeriCorps, my commitment to equity gives every student a strong start. My compassion brings food and friendship to neighbors in need. My determination protects parks in my community. Every day, AmeriCorps members and volunteers live their values to make communities stronger. What's at your core? Learn more at AmeriCorps.gov. Why join Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation if I'm not a farmer? Let's start with the valuable discounts on vehicles, travel, farm equipment, and much more, all of which would cover the cost of your membership. Throw in the insurance products, smarter banking, and agricultural advocacy, and the choice is clear. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. After a close briefing on Afghanistan, Senator Roger Wicker said there are questions that remain unanswered. What is this administration promising to the new terrorist regime, the Taliban, that is now in charge of the government in Afghanistan? Do they intend to offer quid pro quos in order to get our citizens out, special immigrant visa allies out, missionaries out of Afghanistan? How does this administration intend to negotiate with this new terrorist government? And how in the world do they think we can go forward on a basis like that? And there are plenty of reasons less than half of Mississippi's population is fully vaccinated. But here's one you may not have considered, lack of internet access. If they didn't have internet in their home, actually getting an appointment to get a vaccine was incredibly difficult and a barrier for many of them getting the vaccine. They, they eventually gave up. Ann Kafer is the director of the University of Mississippi Center for Population Studies. I'm Andy Davis. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Football action today finds the Mississippi State Bulldogs going on the road for the first time this season, taking on the Memphis Tigers in Memphis. They'll kick that one off at 3 o'clock at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium, 1 o'clock airtime on the MSU Football Network. Ole Miss will be at home against the Tulane Greenway, 7 o'clock kick there at Vault-Hemingway, 5 o'clock airtime on the Ole Miss Football Network tonight. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles will be at home, and they take on Troy Troy's head coach is a former offense coordinator at USM, Chip Lindsey, and Southern Miss Athletic Director Jeremy McLean is a former AD at Troy. Southern Miss comes in at 1-1. One one. Troy also is 1-1, one and, one, and they will kick that game off tonight in Hattiesburg at 6 o'clock at M.M. Roberts Stadium. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. What is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation's Child Saver Program? Well, sadly, car accidents are the leading cause of death for children under five. Mississippi law requires children under the age of four to be protected by child passenger restraint devices and children under the age of seven in a booster seat. With the Child Saver Program, Farm Bureau provides members the chance to order car and booster seats at a discount. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. 
The Delta variant is deadly, and if we don't make changes now, we'll be forced to make cruel calculations soon. Mississippi hospitals are overburdened and struggling with capacity. More people will die because they won't have access to care. We must keep our healthcare system from being forced to choose who gets treatment and who doesn't. Please get vaccinated and follow CDC protocols such as masking indoors, even if you are fully vaccinated, and continue social distancing. Do this, and together we help ensure we're able to treat everyone who needs care. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health. Couple of key games in the Southeastern Conference today. The number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide will be at Florida, take on the Florida Gators, and the SEC opener for both of them. 2 30 will be the kickoff on CBS for that one. South Carolina will be at Georgia, the number two ranked team in the AP poll, and that will be at Georgia, a 6 o'clock kick on ESPN tonight. Jackson State at 2 0 will be at Louisiana Monroe, who is 0 1. Louisiana Monroe is led by first-year coach Terry Bowden, the son of the late legendary Florida State coach Bobby Bowden, and Bowden coach Sanders from 1985-88 at Florida State passed away this past August. Both teams intend to commemorate Bowden's legacy in the game today. Louisiana Monroe wore helmet decals in honor of Bowden and their season-opening loss at Kentucky. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening, and I am Nellie Neal, the Garden Mama. Thank you very, very much for letting me perhaps be your earworm today, or if you're listening to the podcast or rebroadcast or on demand the earworm of that particular day whatever day that happens to be it's always my pleasure i will tell you what was said after about the first time um maybe the second time that i had my own show um second broadcast someone called and told the person that had been influential in getting me the position thank you mary to say uh that i was great he worked overnight, and all he had to do was put me on, and he went right to sleep in the morning. Well, I don't want to be quite that somber, quite that quiet. I probably wasn't then, but if you turn the volume down, most anyone's voice in the alto range is fairly soothing, if you think about it. I've never wanted to be um, anybody else, but I do know that when I was in choir, back when someone was foolish enough to put me in a choir, because I don't sing very well at all. But I, I had to sing with the tenors because my voice was not right. Well, that's the sort of thing that could could change you, except that I thought flirting with the tenors was kind of fun. It was all right. <laughs> Don's on the text line today. C Spar text line is 601-879-4395. Um, we've been talking about Lantana, and he's got magnificent butterflies all over it. Pretty, pretty, pretty. And he says that's why he likes it on the fence line. Good, good choice. Um, one of the most hypnotic situations I have ever seen was at a church in Yazoo where the you walked back from the church and the, the Bascoms had planted this beautiful um, garden back in the meditation garden kind of thing. And there that particular day, the skippers were 
so numerous on the lantana that it looked like the whole thing was dancing. It was magnificent. This is the time of year when you can see those kind of clusters of it might be a butterfly you know it might not be one you've ever even seen but the good news is that you have the opportunity to see them now and take some pictures like this one very lovely very handsome good looking good looking critter um speaking of critters bats and birds and butterflies and all of our big bees um we 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 talk a whole lot more about butterflies than we do about moths but um I was out in the back garden the other evening when it wasn't raining, and sure enough, there was enough moths. There, there weren't even that many things blooming. I have a few things that bloom at night right now, but not that many. But the the, the numbers of moths looking for something was very impressive. I'm, I'm tickled by the silk moth. I've, I've always thought that it was a marvelous creature, obviously. But the University of Bristol is now explaining why those wingtips are, they're basically like accordions. They're folded, you know, and they, they move on the, what looks like they're moving on their own. They, they, um, they open a little bit, and then they close a little bit, and they, it's a really beautiful, beautiful structure. But those ripples and the, those folds have a different job than just to entertain me. If a bat is hunting, because, you know, the bats are out there at night, and even if they're fruit bats, they're not all looking for fruit every minute. If they're looking for that moth bite, that particular wingtip piece of the moth that is so different, the, the Saturnid moth does this, and other ones too, makes it very, very much, much more likely, I'm not going to say very likely, but much, much more likely that the bat will attack that part of the moth rather than the center part and therefore at times the moth can get away more often than if those were not folded that way the ripples and folds really do um, change the echolocation of the critter so when the bats are bouncing their sounds off to hear where that thing is they're trying to eat they miss how wonderful is that I mean I'm sorry for the bats but it's really a very cool development they're reporting in current biology about it they um <laughs> they, they, this whole business of acoustic decoys in preventing bats from being able to echolocate and, and devour entire populations is really, really important. But the ones that, that these silk moths that do have this, we are now trying to figure out how we can get that to everybody else. Um, on a less pleasant note, perhaps for the bats, from the Field Museum is this research this summer. Molecular ecology tells you how T90, this particular problem, physically is, but it's a big, big problem for the bats. There, um, interestingly enough, the bacteria that grow on the bat skin, and yes, on yours, everybody's got it, all right, but the ones that are on the bat's skin actually produce chemicals with a scent that attracts the blood-sucking flies that want to eat the bats. So we've got the bats being driven away, missing their prey because of echolocation. You know, it's like putting in a, 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 a test pattern or something that's not valid, you know, giving them an echolocation that's not the real thing. And then we also have to realize that one of these days they're going to figure out that the bacteria that they've been coexisting with is part of the reason why they have so many flies on them. Now, not every creature gets the same 
pest problems. But when it's a big enough thing for them to talk about it and for the Chicago Field Museum to start working with it, obviously University of California, San Diego too, some people are more attractive to mosquitoes than others. That would be me. And they wondered how come some bats seem to get bit more than others. So that's what they determined. And it has to do with the bacteria on their skin and the scent that it provides. And it just draws in those uh, those critters, the, the, the flies. I'm concerned. I always have been. Um, there, there have been points in my life where I've really tried to change how I smell because I thought it was that's what was attracting the mosquitoes. From the time I was a child, I can stand there. They won't bother you if I'm in the in the field with you, and so that's that's been a problem. But I, it hasn't. None of it's worked. So the repellents work for a while for me, but they still find me. So something to think about. Um, interestingly enough, they're, they've now got more work to do because there are more bats. <laughs> How come you're studying them? Well, because they were working on malaria. And that, in turn, leads to mosquitoes. That, in turn, leads to the criteria for what's eating what. And in terms of these biting flies, well, it's a similar environment. Interesting interesting stuff. Um, I'm glad to know that there's somebody working on it, and it doesn't have to be me. Um, if you want to... Um, Johnny's in Kapaya County, I think. Yeah, Johnny's in Kapaya County. How thick should the plastic be to kill the weeds for next year's garden? Get it out there quickly because you need to, at least six weeks for the job of real hot weather for the job to work, and you probably do have that before the end of October. Six mil is the plastic to use. It's thicker, it works better, and it won't rip apart on you in the next storm. So that's that's real exciting. Um, when is the best time to transplant spider wart? Oh, 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 well, well, hey, Rebecca, hadn't seen, hadn't heard from you in a while, Adamsville, Tennessee. Howdy. Um, spider wart, if it's up, if it's above ground now, this is a fine time to dig it up and either put it into a pot or move it. I dug up one clump this spring and put it into a container. It has died down and now has begun to grow back. I, I'm making a gift for somebody of a pink flowered one and I, that's how I ended up doing that. So it's all it's really it's a plant that's very difficult to get rid of, you know. So if you if you dig it up and you you'll you'll have it. You'll you can put it in a container. But if it doesn't have any stems or leaves on it right now but you know where it is, I would say go up or go over and dig up what you think are the roots of it, but be aware that when it sprouts it may not be. It may be something else. But it's okay to do it now if you still have leaves and stems showing. Um, and it's a it's a wonderful plant. I have to say, spider wart's one of my favorites. I I was looking yesterday, and I noticed the uh, regrowth and, and a lot of it on dayflower. And then I looked and thought, why is this here? It's growing right underneath and right next to to my vegetable table. And I looked, it's full of leaf miners. So. We know now that leaf miners really like that. There aren't any leaf miners on my vegetables above it. Maybe it's a trap crop. I left it so that I can see whether or not they go. Because usually when something like leaf miners get started, they stay where they are. They're not, they're not particularly mobile once they begin. The, the, starting a new generation is different. But once they've established themselves there, that's what they're going to eat. So I'm interested to see how that turns out. Um, it, it'll, be, it'll be fun. Um, 
Corinne's in Jackson. She's got um, what? Oh, what type and variety? Um, soft neck or hard neck for containers? I, I actually, it's a case of what you can find at this point. And most of the time, it's going to be a hard neck garlic if you if you're at the garden center, or if you're looking in catalogs, you can grow both. I my only preference I don't really care which kind of garlic it is my preference in garlic is that it have a lot of taste so I'm always looking at what is called Creole garlic they're the ones with a lot of purple skin there are some Caribbean garlics that are also very very spicy I don't I hate to say this because so many people love it and grow it but I'm not a big fan of elephant garlic it's too mild for me I know I, that means you probably don't want to have dinner with me because I'm going to put garlic in everything. <laughs> no problem there. So I'm going to say get the garlic that you can get and plant it. Don't I'm not going to worry about which kind it is at this particular point. I, I do prefer I, – I, I don't necessarily want to braid the garlic, and so it doesn't matter to me which way it goes in, in the long run, but I do find that – the hard neck tends to have a little bit stronger constitution in in the way that it forms the bulb, but that may just be my soil. I don't know. Um, yes, it is time to sow lettuce. I'm going to be sowing lettuce weekly because it sometimes it comes up, sometimes it doesn't, but anytime in the next three or four weeks that you sow it, you're going to have plenty going on. Um, Oh, that's interesting. Now, that's a good question. What about for stability for a small shrub for the little perennial bed? It's too busy with so many perennials, it needs something to actually anchor the bed itself. Um, I'm going to presume that this is a sunny bed, because if it's got perennials and a whole lot of them, there's probably a fair amount of sun there. And I'm I'm going to recommend, um, there, there, are a couple of, there, there are a couple of things. Obviously, dwarf shrubs are their own thing. But dwarf pittosporum, for me, or it's called Wheeler's Dwarf, and it's about two and a half feet tall at the most. It's usually about two feet or less. And it just makes a neat round thing and sits there. I like it. It has a nice contrast to whatever other things you'd be growing. And it's a, a lovely evergreen. Um, I also like, oh, what is that thing? It's called Mardi Gras. Um, oh, it's one of the abelias. But there are a bunch of colorful leafed abelias that in – your garden in Jackson will be virtually, if not entirely, evergreen. They'll, they may push off leaves as they bring on new leaves for the next year. But I would go with either one of those. I really like Wheeler's Dwarf Pittosporum, and I really, really like the Dwarf Abelias. Um, they're just, there's something about those colorful leaves I can see sitting next to, to a lot of other things on that in that perennial bed. Now, I will tell you, that I'm still getting blooms on Telstar Dianthus. This is the second or third time I've put it into a garden, and I never have any trouble getting it to grow. I never have any trouble getting it to bloom, but I think this is the first time it's ever bloomed all summer long. So if you if you look for Dianthus, um, buy all of them, but buy some Telstar and, and put it there and consider it a, a long-lived semi-perennial plant. It's kind of like Mexican heather. Mexican heather is not really a perennial in zone eight. It's and it and it dies back a little bit even in zone nine, but it will come back. It often comes back in zone eight as well, um, like Telstar does. But Telstar has not it hadn't even blinked in the heat, and that's kind of fun. That's a neat thing. Um, the the question of 
I'm getting another response about garlic. I'll see what that looks like. Yes, I want to sow lettuces. I want to sow greens. I want. I'm. I'm very, very eager um, to have more salad. And I think that that's the the best way to do that is to start planting now and plant every week for about a month. You know, plant another container or two or three. Then they're maturing at different times. You also, by seeding, have the opportunity to go in and clip just the shortest, you know, two or three inch tall leaves and begin salading with that. So that's that's really fun. There's no reason not to do that. I think everybody ought to think about it. I, I have, this is going to be a crazy one too because I have, I have so many lettuce seeds that people have sent me within the last three or four years. It seems like I got a lot of gifts and so I'm I'm going to plant all of them <laughs> see what happens some will some will grow some will not um there are lettuce seeds that are notoriously not long lived in storage so that's why I'm going to go ahead I decided this is the year to to get them and I, I think that that's probably a good plan for anybody. If you have seed that are more than three years old, go ahead and plant them. See, you know, if it's spring or fall, do it at the right time. But see if you can't get some that will be giving you a little bit more, um, a little bit more rather than sitting in the drawer until they rot. How about that? <laughs> Ooh, army worms. Uh, people have been sending me notes. Uh, asking me about army worms, uh, yes, there are two different kinds of army worms, which was an interesting question in itself. But the 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 writers said to me that wrote to me that um, they used to kill the army worms at the farm when she was a kid. But she had read that you shouldn't fool with them; you should just leave them alone. And it, it, what what's the deal? Well, there's two kinds: um, the the soybean and rice army worms devastate the crop. And so, yes, that's why it's the first sign farmers begin spraying to get them out of there. But the fall armyworm, which is the one that, generally speaking, we have in gardens, they'll eat your lawn, but usually the lawn grows back because it's a superficial kind of damage. Now, it's unpleasant to look at, and they're not all that much fun to step on. So I I do recommend um, plastic tweezers and about a 10-year-old child to whom you will pay a dime a piece to get them out of your yard. <laughs> They'll bring you back bags full, I promise. And that's the good news, because you don't need those. You really don't need those to be there. <laughs> Why do we not like army worms? Well, because they literally march across and eat everything in sight, and then you don't know where they go. Well, here's where they go. They go on to become a moth that lives on the Gulf Coast and rides the warm currents back north. You think it's a perpetual problem? Yeah, but not always in the same place at the same extent. That's why I call them bothersome, but not really pests. They're bothersome in your yard. In your soybean field, they're a pest. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. On your knees, carry on, carry on. Your head is full of doubt, you can't figure it out. Carry on. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. 
You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Put propane to work. Propane has become a leader in the industrial market because it offers a number of key advantages over other fuels such as lower emissions. Propane-powered forklifts produce fewer emissions than gasoline and diesel forklifts. Not only that, but when you look at site-to-source emissions, propane's totals are even fewer than electricity. Choosing forklifts that run on American-made propane reduces dependence on foreign oil and keeps jobs at home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. No drip roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no-hassle guarantees so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a wink on troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Monster Jackson is sacking the competition with an all-out savings blitz. You'll feel like you just scored a touchdown with the savings we're offering on every new and pre-owned Monster in stock. Get 0% financing for 36 months on all new Monsters. That's 0% on every new Monster in stock. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Monster purchase. There will be no false starts when it comes to your credit approval. Our team of credit specialists are here to get you approved. No matter your past credit history, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Have a trade-in? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. So come in today, because we're blitzing the competition and saving you big at Monster Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Monsteropjackson.com. With for details. In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. 
Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. 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 If you want to hear the songs of Zion come from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Heaven's glory share, heaven's glory share Turn your lights down low And listen to the Master's radio Get in touch with God Turn your radio See, I told you you don't want me to sing <laughs> John Harford, on the other hand, is worth listening to He's fun Now listen, if you didn't know about stingrays You're not the only one Because I certainly didn't I know that they make great cartoon characters because they have, you know, great eyes and mouths and they're, they're wonky-looking things. But the computer model is even more amazing. The American Institute of Physics is giving us some very interesting insights in physics of fluids. These researchers in Asia have, have let us know the simulated stingray. <laughs> because they're measuring propulsion, okay? They're, they're trying to understand... Um, the things that affect it, the things that affect propulsion, including pressures and, and velocities and those sorts of things, vorticity is another, those sorts of things. So what they found was that the protruding features actually make them faster. Stingrays are among nature's most efficient swimmers. So how come, you would, if you think about aerodynamics, you don't think about protruding eyes and whatnot, but actually that's what works. The hydrodynamic benefit of the protruding eyes and mouth gives them a really boost uh, a leg up if you will in their hydrodynamics um, it's really fascinating stuff the difference in the model with and without these protrusions was dramatic so the when they figured it out the up and down oscillations that they used to predict project propelled themselves they were able to project much faster and much farther movement and that's how stingrays work pretty interesting I'm, I'm not a big Stingray fan, um, but I do have to say that's a pretty nifty thing. 888 is the phone number here. And, of course, that is the Supertalk call line. The um, 601-879-4395, the ceasefire text line, has got some interesting conversations going on here. Um, there's there, We're discussing bats, but that's kind of a sidebar. That's <laughs> a different thing. The the those lantanas are so pretty. I'm still looking at Don's lantanas and butterflies. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I do love the birds in my back garden. I have been um, really fortunate. I, I'm I'm in the process of considering clearing some of my property, and it's it's not but an acre. It's not a big deal, but it it does mean that there will be less. Um, of the deep habitat that I have left back in the far back corner, and I, I worry about my birds. I, I don't want them to lose any place. You know, every time anybody develops one area or changes something, the critters that live there have to go someplace else. And my neighbor has already taken down almost all of his trees and the bamboo forest that was back there, so that's all come over to my side, and that's where the birds are living. So I don't know. I've got to be careful about that. Because I don't want them to not have a place to be. I really do love hearing the sounds, not only of the the birds, but of the baby birds. Um, interestingly enough, we we're fascinated by their their little chirps, you know, um, their their little beeps, and eventually they do sing. But 
how come how how come they can do that from the time they hatch? Well, we have finally, you know, put the stethoscope on the egg, <laughs> so to speak, and now we understand we hear fluctuations in their heartbeat in response to the parent's call from inside the egg. In the same way that back when I was in the having babies business, we were told that, you know, if the babies listened to classical music, it would be better for them. Uh, I think it's certainly better for most anything to be able to hear some nice soothing music. But um, I'm afraid that I engendered a really distaste for classical music in my oldest child because he still doesn't like it. But it's it's really a matter that you do hear and and things that are in utero are indeed responsive at a certain point. Uh, when, when, for example, in this case, the eggs were about to be cr- hatched, They're, they have seven lineages of vocal production learning, seven lineages of birds and mammals, which includes us, okay? And we're in hopes of understanding now more about the remarkable capacity of animals to learn these sounds. By moving the time window back into that egg that's just about to hatch, rather than a, a bird that has hatched and therefore learns. Um, it's, it's a fascinating sp- space. They found that the tiny songbirds were discriminating um, towards the, the non, non-parental sounds and having a different reaction than they did from their perennial sounds when they were still in the egg, when they were just about to hatch. Fascinating. Amazing stuff. Now, I don't know... My lantanas this week have been the hosts for the hummingbirds that hang out at my house. They're, I didn't move the tomato plants. They're still too close to the window. The hummingbirds don't care. They're still up there banging into them. Not, not, not the window, just banging into the plants. And I have a few other things that are in bloom right now that are at a, a, an elevated um, height for them. A lot of things bloom on the ground, but that's not, the hummingbirds are not that interested in them. Researchers have known for some time that part of the way, for example, um, vultures and and other other carrion birds have a really pronounced sense of smell. Um, They would have to to do the work that they do. That's why they're known as airborne bloodhounds, right? But they're inside their tissues, inside their brains are the tissues for olfactory absorption. Theirs are bigger than other species, all right, that are, that are not predators that way. But how come the hummingbirds can smell their way out of danger then? Because their bulb is not that big at all. It's tiny. Earlier studies were, couldn't, fit, couldn't figure it out. We, we really didn't even see in early, the earliest of these studies that hummingbirds had a preference for flowers that had nectar versus ones that didn't. But flowers pollinated by birds usually don't have strong odors like insect-pollinated things do, okay? So, hmm. Well, as usual, we humans tend to make broad judgments that turn out not to be true. And one was that hummingbirds have no sense of smell. We now know, and it is reported in the Behavioral Ecology and Sociobiology Journal, that we not, not only can hummingbirds smell insects, but that scent of other things actually keeps them out of danger. It's the first clear demonstration that they make foraging decisions 
and avoid contact with potentially dangerous insects at a flower or at a feeder because they can smell them. This may be why when the ants or the bees take over your hummingbird feeder, the hummingbirds are not there. It may not be because they don't figure they can win. It's because they're not interested. So it's one of the things. Um, The researchers, (laughs) here we go again. How do you set up a hundred hummingbirds? Well, you really have to know what you're doing, and you got to have a good space for it, and one thing and another. Um, they they chose about a hundred hummingbirds to use, putting in just the sugar water that they're accustomed to, and then in the other feeder was sugar water with one of another one or another of several chemicals that the that signal the presence of the insect. Okay. There wasn't any color difference, any visual difference. They were the same feeder. So the tests included the scent deposited by those European honeybees that I talk about, one formed by the Argentine ants, and uh, and the formica ants also produce, you know, formic acid, which is known to even hurt humans. So they used these, and they found that they avoided them. They went up, They would, like, literally line up to go to the other feeder, rather than go to the feeder that had the smell in it. Even though there was nothing there to hurt them, the smell that they were associated with danger was not going to happen. Um, I, I, I know people who don't eat things because of the, the smell that they associate with them. I have a friend whose babysitter frequently, um, as a child, wore a coconut vanilla cologne of some sort, and, and she didn't like it at all. She also said that this person told them that coconut, you shouldn't eat coconut because it would hurt you for some reason or another. And then she found that person eating, what is the one, is it Bounds? It's the coconut, you know, covered chocolate thing. Well, of course, that person was just telling them that so they'd get all the coconut. But apparently they were really obsessed with it and liked the way it smelled, too. Although I have to tell you that fake vanilla is not that great a smell either. But she won't eat either one of those things. (laughs) The smell, while she walks into a store... You go in one of those places where the candles are burning and it's burning that vanilla smell, she leaves. It's done. She will not go there. It's great. Um, You're absolutely right, Ken. All critters have some worth. That's really true. Oh, armadillo humor. Here we go. No, no, no. (laughs) Oh, how fun. Persimmons. That's beautiful. Brenda's and Brandon. That looks gorgeous. One's ripe. That means there'll be more soon. Um, have y'all ever taken persimmons and put them in the freezer? I know that sounds kind of crazy, but if you just rinse them off and put them in the freezer, and about a week later you come back and they eat like yogurt. Cut the top off and they're just soft and frozen, but not, not hard frozen. They're just like soft ice cream or something. Love that. It's another way to enjoy persimmons, and it's a way to pre- preserve them because sometimes when we get them, they tend to be really ripe, and you got to hurry up and, and get them consumed. But that's lovely. Pretty fruit. Really nice. Hmm, sweet. I like it. You've heard me complain before about um, our lack of fruits. I think persimmon would be a great one to have in the yard. I, I like persimmons better than pomegranates. Pomegranates may be easier to grow. I don't really know, but I would plant both of them um, if I were starting again at this particular point. Or I'm so deep into blueberries and figs at my place that I don't actually have room for other fruit trees. But there's um, there's something about this fall harvest that I got to tell you is really, I recommend it to you. It's really, really a good thing to do. That, <laughs> now, 
what those the people don't usually run away from them either. It's like if you grow pumpkins. You're you're not it's not like when you come down the street and you've got, you know, seventy two pounds of zucchini that you're trying to find somebody to share it with. Somebody will take the seventy two pound pumpkins. <laughs> Just let that happen. <laughs> um something's been eating on this plant. Let me see. Um, da, 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 da. Ellie's in Florence, and if you're not seeing any slime trails, it probably is not slug food. Um, Captain Jack should help, but if there's nothing crawling on there and you don't see it, it's going to be hard for that to work either. Uh, the first thing I would do would be to pull this container away from that begonia that's behind it so that we can try and figure out what it is that's eating it. Um, that's the first thing I would do is pull it out of the way. And then there's got to either be something coming from under the soil or something that's hatching underneath that leaf to take to chew holes this big. If, you, if you're not seeing a beetle and you're not seeing any frass, I'm going to guess that you've got some sort of caterpillar that's causing this problem. But I can't, I can't tell because I can't see. The Captain Jacks keep that on there. That generally will do the job for you. But um, if, if, it's a, if it's anything smaller, I'd be surprised. I think it's either a beetle or a caterpillar doing that. I hate to see the leaves get torn up, but the main thing is to get that plant isolated from your other plants. We have, um, you, you may or may not have ever been to visit a commercial greenhouse, but we, <laughs> if, you, you will always find that section where you're not supposed to go. I mean, you, if people are really into it, there'll be one section that is, kind of taped off with crime scene tape. You know, it's not actual crime scene tape, but because the plants are not in good shape. I recommend when you bring a new plant into your garden, particularly if you're bringing it into your house or if you have not grown it before outside, keep it isolated for about a week and just make sure nothing's hatching. But if you're going to bring a plant indoors, start now to look for the bugs. You may want to give everybody a drench. You may want to have a an opportunity to just shake them off or, or, or repot some things because you see that there's problems. But it, it, the more you can leave outside, the less trouble that you're going to have inside. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. John's in Oxford talking about those persimmons. And yes, it is it is always better to have one than two simply because not they are self-pollinating, but you'll get a lot more. Um, it's sort of a synergistic response in the same way that we do with other some other fruits. Uh, persimmons will you're you're in Oxford, you can probably shop for them now. Uh, and I would plant anytime really between the first of November and the end of February. So make the prepare the soil first. If you got to get it tested, do that now. If you don't, that's great. Just get yourself a place to plant them and go ahead and get those trees. They'll be better off going in the ground when they've lost their leaves. All right? Ooh, persimmons on my mind. Let's talk about some more stuff here on Weekend Gardening. Shot squirrels out behind my house. I learned a lot about this world way down south. 
did Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation impact rural broadband internet? In January of 2019, Governor Phil Bryant signed a law allowing our state's 25 electrical cooperatives to offer high-speed internet options. Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation lobbied in support of this bill to improve the quality of life for all Mississippians. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Give your customers a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right, right now, there's, there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Need furniture or bedding now? The pandemic caused a big slowdown in production and shipping, so the wait can be longer than you'd like. Fortunately, Miss Deli's has preferred status with our vendors, so despite some delays, we actually have a lot in stock and ready to go. Check out what's available now at MissDeli's.com. The selection is growing, so if you don't see what you want, check again. Then order online or come into one of our showrooms. That perfect piece may be in stock and ready to go at Miss Deli's. Marcus by Goldman Sachs offers personal loans with no fees, ever. Banks offer coffee. So what's more important, a Marcus by Goldman Sachs loan with no fees that could help consolidate debt or bank coffee that tastes like bank coffee? You can money. Visit Marcus.com to learn more about saving, borrowing, and investing from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Investing involves risk and investments may lose value. Brokerage and investment advisory services by Goldman Sachs and Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Lending and deposits products provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. 
Welcome into Weekend Gardening. You know, one of the things that uh, we're always talking about is those crazy muscadines that we love so much. Let's talk to Mabel and Jackson. Mabel, welcome in. What's on your mind today? Uh, I was wanting to know how you plant uh, muscadines. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to get the vine. Um, some people dig them up out of the woods. Some people buy them at the garden center. But it, it's better to start with an established plant than to try and root one yourself because it takes several years from from a cutting. But they're not expensive plants. Just And the good news is when you buy one at the garden center, you're able to pick which color the fruit will be, whether you want the scuppernong or whether you want the purple type. Uh, when you... Now, Dave Ron's the one we had on the coast. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. We call them uh, scuffling. Yep, yep. That's one. That's just one of the kinds of them. And they do. They they run. You need you need a trellis at least ten feet on each side of where you're planting the plant. You so know. you can't use these. Use what? The seeds. You know, seeds. No, the seeds are not. It's the the first of all the most of the plant most of the fruit that you buy. I'm going to bet that you bought some from the same guy I bought some. There was a guy in our neighborhood selling baskets of them, wasn't there? I just thought about that. <laughs> they yeah, were good. they were good. They're good. <laughs> anyway, but the seed is not likely to be the same fruit. It's going to be the one of the parents of it. It's probably not going to be the same one. Now, if, if they tell you that it's one that they dug up out in the country, then it probably the seed probably would be true. But the chances are better that it's not going to be. So I'm, I'm going to say go with a plant. Okay. And we uh I'll finish you some of my, when, when, when do you plant them? Well, most of, the, most of the time, that kind of fruit's available in the winter. You'll find them in either December or January at the garden center. You got some the other day, but they was big and sweet. Mm-hmm. Such good fruit. Love it, love it. Those uh, guys are nice, too. I hope they keep doing that. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, well, when do you plant, um, when, when do you start planting one of the plants, like, because I just turned it on. I was almost a mission. Okay. Well, I don't want you to miss. This week, you can be planting vegetables like beets and lettuces and Swiss chard. Start all those seeds. Plant those onion sets. And I'm I'm getting ready. I'm not quite ready to do it yet, but I'm going to be looking forward to planting some flowers this fall, too. Cool. Can you plant them in the pots? Yeah, Absolutely. I want the muscadine to be out in the ground, but the rest of these things you can grow in containers for sure. Plant them now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what, one more question: Where mm-hmm. do you put the um, what kind of soil do you plant them in? The muscadine can take just about any soil that you've got. It's a really tough native plant. You know, in other words, it's it as long as it's not going to sit in water, it's going to grow. So it's it's just a very minimal thing. Just make sure you're putting it in plenty of sun, and that it's not an area that stays wet all the time. Uh, now, the, now the other plants you put them in the pots. Uh, I have not put any plants, but I well I have. I planted some onions that I had sprouted, but um, I, right now I'm planting seeds. And you go plant them where? 
Well, I have a salad table and I also have containers. So the the containers are probably going to end up getting most of the lettuce. I was talking earlier that you didn't happen to hear, but I got a whole bunch of lettuce seeds that are kind of old. So I'm just planting them. <laughs> I'm putting them in all the containers. I want to see if they're going to come up. So I'm I'm filling up everything. Like to term green mustard. Yeah. Green. Oh yeah. Absolutely. In pots. Mm-hmm. So back mm-hmm. Now's okay. the time. All right. Then. It's good to hear from you. You too. Now I'm hungry. I want some more muscadines. Thanks, Mabel. <laughs> we we don't actually have a farmer's market in our neighborhood, but we do have a couple of people that bring a truck. We like that. We, we like that very, very much. Oh, let's see. My goodness, John's out fishing. That's beautiful. It's a gray day, but still no rain at the moment. Um, and he's not picking peas. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear about that. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, that's funny. Um, yes, lots lots of lots of greens to plant. That is for sure. Oh, let's see. Um, Patty is, I was trying to see where you are. Corinth, okay, growing hazelnuts. Um, hazelnut is a one of the smaller fruit trees. It's not it's not as big as a pecan, for example. But it's a wonderful plant, beautiful leaves, beautiful tree, and I, I would always say plant two, but um, it's it's. I don't think there's anything to any difference about it than anything else. Um, I'm I'm going to get buy a tree. I'm not going to try and grow it from seed. That's not just because I'm old and don't have time to wait. It's because you want the best version of hazelnut that you can get, and that will be in an already prepared, I mean, already grown tree, started tree. Seedling trees are just like seedling anything else. It can be very, very difficult to get the one that you wanted because that's what you ate. But um, hazelnuts are, are not, we don't grow as many of them as, I don't know, um, as say Arizona or somewhere like that, because we do have wet conditions that can be troubling for it. But that's, you know, that's a different problem. <laughs> I like the fact that they're not so big. The one that I lived around in California was actually considered a large shrub um, because they, they didn't prune the bottom limbs off of it, and it was probably 12 or 15 feet tall. They do need full sun. They do not tolerate wet feet. And if you have an opportunity to plant them, you have a choice. Um, don't plant them where the air is still. Plant it where there's more wind than not. They they need that. Okay. Well, they're real pretty. They'll 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 be a big shrub or a very small tree, and the the hazelnuts are pretty too. Not everything that you know we we talk about pecans sometimes because we we wish that they were prettier than they are when they come off of the, uh, the when they come off the tree. Sometimes they've got scab and they've got this and they've got that. So hazelnuts don't have that many problems. That's interestingly enough. Oh, cool. If you happen to be in uh, Jackson, our friends at Adcock's Produce are listening. They're over on Woodrow Wilson, which is also in my neighborhood. They have lots of muscadines, so Mabel, go get some more. <laughs> it's fun. We, we're very fortunate in our part of the world. Um, I, I do listen to a lot of media from a lot of places, and our ability to grow and produce our own edible food in the way that we want it to be is Pretty spectacular. Pretty different from a lot of other places. We've got a win-win to tell you about. I wrote about this in the newsletter this week, and I, I hope you'll decide to join me there. This is the deal of the fall.
If you subscribe between now and November 1st, you get all fall, and your subscription starts in January. So send me a note, mamaonair at yahoo.com, and I will hook you up with that. University of Queensland is letting us know that increasing reforestation efforts, in they've had such terrible wildfires there and such horrible problems, they're looking at ways to fix things. And, of course, coral reef bleaching is a huge issue in the Australian continent. Therefore, they're trying to see what happens. They've got 5,500 coastal areas around the world that they studied. They found that 85% of those areas send sediment and destructive qualities into coral reefs. That's a big deal, okay? But where there were more trees, where there was more barrier, where there was more baffle, it didn't happen as much. So reforestation can be the next piece of the win-win when it comes to saving our coral reefs from catastrophe. I like it. I hope you do. Thank you very much for giving me your attention today. Thank you very much for being a gardener and a radio listener. Come back again next week for more Weekend Gardening. Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Hey there, what are you doing today? Would whatever it is be easier with faster, more reliable home internet? If you said yes, we have good news. Viasat offers high-speed satellite internet wherever you live, even if cable providers don't go there. So you can get online today and tomorrow. Go to Viasat.com slash internet now and save up to $150 on select home plans. That's V-I-A-S-A-T dot com slash internet now. Minimum 24-month service term. Service is not available in all areas. See Viasat.com for additional terms and conditions. The hunt is over for all your deer camp setup needs at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in Bolton since 1871. Get your food plot set up with mixes from Pennington, J&J, and Wax Company, along with ryegrass from Nelson and Marshall. And don't forget the wheat for those doves, along with fertilizer, spreaders, and sprayers. Feeders by Boss Buck Gravity and Moultrie, filled with rice bran original, peanut butter, persimmon, along with corn, mineral salt, as well as that Buck Robber Game Matractic. Game cameras, hunting license, wasp and bug sprays, and much, much more. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your deer camp setup specialist. Downtown Bolton since 1871. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.